Welcome to the Thrive TV Show with Lauren Parsons, helping you boost your health, energy, and productivity. So hi there, my name's Lauren Parsons. Welcome to Thrive TV, and I'm so thrilled to be joined by Ellie McGuinness today. Hi, Ellie. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, really good, thank you. So today we're talking about a holistic approach to health and fitness, which is really where my background came from, from working in the health and fitness profession and meeting wonderful people like Ali through that, through that opportunity. So today we're going to talk to you about why a holistic approach to health and fitness is so important. Also, the areas to be aware of in terms of that holistic approach and where you might want to get started. And then three simple action points to give you some next steps towards a healthier, fittier, healthier, healthier, fitter you. But before we get into that, I'm just going to run through with Ellie some quick fire questions so that you can get to know her a little bit better. So we've got our this and that questions. Are you ready, Ellie? Uh, sure. <laughs> she Go for it. it. <laughs> All right. So would you say you prefer singing or dancing? Dancing. Oh, dancing. Nice. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Logical or creative? A little bit of both, depending on the situation. Yes, fair enough. Okay, good. Would you rather be lost on a mountain or on an island? Oh, oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'm definitely a tropical girl, but my favourite hobby in the world is hiking. So, mm-hmm. oh, I would say I've gotten used to tropical living and I might get cold on a mountain, so we'll go with the island. <laughs> Okay, nice. Maybe an island with a mountain. Who knows? Yeah. What about, would you rather visit an aquarium or the zoo? Uh, it's a tough one. Whichever, whichever one's the most ethical choice, let's say that. Okay, good. This is, I like this. This is how we get to know you. All right, tough one here. Broccoli or carrots? Mm, I, let's say both. Because I can't choose. They're both so amazing and delicious in their own ways and good for you. <laughs> nice. Oh, you're a deep thinker. I love it. Uh, Taj Mahal or the Eiffel Tower? What would you rather uh, Definitely Taj Mahal because I've been to the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same. Yep, I'm the same with you on that. And what about indoor pool or outdoor pool? Outdoor pool, as long as the weather is okay for it. Yeah, assuming, assuming, on that tropical island, nice. Um, yeah. Cardio or weights? I don't think you're going to want to pick between these either, but anyhow, I'll give it to you. Cardio or weights? No, I'm not going to want to pick between those, and that's a, a relatively contentious subject. Uh, uh, let's say weights for the benefit and cardio for the enjoyment. Okay, nice. I'll I know, look back I know. I'll explain that I'm later, but too fast quick fire range. <laughs> okay. I'm choosing both. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, would you rather be able to play 10 musical instruments beautifully or be able to speak 10 languages fluently? 10 languages. Yeah, I'm the same, yeah. And last one is charades or Scrabble? Well, oh, charades or Scrabble. Uh, Scrabble. Scrabble, um, okay. Slightly more introverted, so I think that one suits my personality. Yeah, you're a wordy person and a writer, so yeah, beautiful. So just to tell you a little bit more about Ellie, she has been inspiring people to make sustainable life changes to their health and fitness for almost 20 years. She's a blogger and a writer, and she offers an online holistic health solution to help people lead their fittest, healthiest lives possible. She's written for a number of wellbeing publications. She's the creator of the Holistic Health Highway and has published a weight loss book. 
most importantly, Ali is mum to a spirited four-year-old little girl and about to be mum to another. So along with her partner, Colin, they embrace a location-independent world schooling lifestyle. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I'm sure people will be interested. Can you just briefly tell us why it is that you've decided to travel the world, not necessarily have a fixed address, why that is and how that's going? Sure. Uh, well, both my partner and I really love traveling and we did travel a lot in our younger days. I spent uh, probably about seven years abroad when I was in my 20s. Uh, and yeah, I guess then we moved, we were back in New Zealand. We went together at that stage. Uh, and, you know, you just get into the daily grind and all of that. And, uh, and then we decided we wanted to start a family. Uh, and we both still knew that we loved traveling, but we didn't know how that was going to fit into family life necessarily. Uh, and but we knew that we wanted to spend uh, the majority of our time with our daughter and from the start we knew that we wanted to homeschool her um, or not necessarily homeschool but um, travel school world school unschool yeah. whatever you want to call it there's lots of terms from it for it and yeah still didn't really see how or when that would happen and then uh, it actually took a, a failed family business and us burning out completely um, for us to just have to leave where we were living and uh, go and spend some time at my parents uh, to recover for a few months and then we just thought what better time to sort of pick up and start again uh, but let's yeah let's uh, get away completely so we just got a one-way ticket to Singapore not knowing where we were going um, yeah and we're both into minimalism uh, and even more so since we've uh, started traveling and we've lightened our load along the way. And then we just sort of fell into the lifestyle a bit more, got introduced to this concept of world schooling. And yeah, we've wow. just, just gotten back after uh, to, to have the baby after 20 months away. And uh, so for us, like location independence is about having choices, um, having the choice of uh, where to live we've got you know family in the UK and New Zealand we've got friends all over the world you know if something pulls us to one particular place uh, we don't have to hesitate about going going there and yeah um, yeah spending time in that place for a while so yeah we just love the the freedom and um, yeah the flexibility that it brings and the the ability to be able to be with our daughter every day as well it's amazing. And I think there'll be a lot of people be interested to find out about that, that you guys have been literally traveling the world with backpacks with a toddler. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure people can go to your blog and find out more about that. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely a growing trend. More people are getting into it and it's more possible these days because uh, of all the possibilities in the online world. So. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. So with all of that, tell me about what is your definition of a holistic approach to health and fitness? How do you define it? Okay, so a holistic approach to health and fitness could also be known as a whole life approach. Uh, so it's about looking at the whole person uh, rather than just one or two parts. It's about understanding that there's more to health than just exercise and nutrition. Okay, and in saying that doesn't mean that it needs to be complicated and it really shouldn't be either. But overall, it's about finding the key areas that are holding, uh, holding you back personally from achieving your goals and then making tiny sustainable changes that can have a knock-on positive effect 
to all the other areas. So for example, most people will focus on exercise and nutrition as a first port of call towards improving their health. And these are totally really big, important areas. However, sometimes a person will get much better results by focusing on one or two other areas. Mm -hmm. And then those make the nutrition and the exercise habits easier once they're sort of sorted out. Yeah, absolutely. And I know because we've spoken before that you've got six areas and that's the way that you look at holistic, your holistic approach. It takes into account these six areas, which two are obviously nutrition and exercise. Can you share with us what the other four are and the different lanes you talk about? Yeah, so as you said, two of the areas are exercise and nutrition. They're probably the ones that people are most common with, uh, but all the other areas you would have heard of as well and probably be very familiar with. So they are stress, uh, sleep, your mindset and relationships. And those are actually the six chapters in uh, my holistic weight loss book too. So this is um, an approach that can work for all areas of health, you know, no matter what your goals are. So what, what I do in this approach is I help my clients figure out uh, the area that's currently holding them back the most and, you know, the area that is holding them back the most, it can change because when it does change because life changes along the way. Um, then we work out a couple of simple targets in that area with a goal that those changes will have a knock-on positive effect to all the other areas because they're so interconnected and inseparable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I call I call my approach, and this has only just evolved recently, but I call it the holistic health highway because it can be likened to an actual uh, uh, to a car highway. So, okay. if you know, if there's a blockage in one lane, like one car's holding everyone up in one lane, it will have a knock-on effect to all the other lanes. And in the same way, when you clear that lane, it will has, have a positive flow-on effect to to all the other lanes as well and there's sort of lots of analogies that you can use uh, with that as related to your health so that's why I call it the holistic health highway. Great yeah that absolutely makes sense and I'm a big believer in that obviously taking a holistic approach is so important because as you say often people feel like oh I've just got to go on a diet or I've just got to try out this new piece of fitness equipment and I think sometimes those are the media messages that we receive and that we're bombarded with and often it takes a much wider base approach. Like you said, it could be addressing someone's sleep issues or it could be looking at the stress that's going on in their life and that might be you know, actually what they need much more than looking at some of those other lanes. So if people are listening into this and thinking, look, where do I start? How do you, when you work with your clients, how do you work out where people should start? Uh, well, as, as you just mentioned, the media plays uh, a huge role in people's decisions that they make and yeah, part of what I do is helping people uh, get away from and sort of see through the fads and get back to the basics. Um, but it's what, what people need to do is, first of all, look at all of those lanes. So, again, that's exercise, nutrition, stress, sleep, uh, mindset and relationships. And you've got to ask yourself some questions. You've got to ask where your biggest problems lie. And then you've got to delve delve deeper and you've got to ask yourself further questions. Uh, So, for example, do you sleep well? What are your stress levels like? And those are two areas that I often start with because they have such a profound effect on your exercise and nutrition habits. Uh, But maybe, you know, maybe you do sleep well and maybe you're not stressed, but maybe you have trouble sticking with an exercise uh, routine and healthy eating habits. 
So in that case, I'd ask uh, questions like whether the relationships in your life might be holding you back or whether you've got issues with having a negative mindset or lack of motivation. So just keep delving deeper and ask yourself more questions and soon you know, you'll arrive at your starting point. And I'm not saying you, Lauren, I'm saying your, your yeah, viewers. Absolutely. Um, you know, and maybe, you know, maybe you don't have any of these issues, but uh, perhaps the really, really common barrier, which I know you know a lot about, Lauren, is uh, that people have the lack of time and you know that's what's holding you back. So if that's the case, then I'd be asking questions like, okay, so what are all the things that you're you're trying to cram into your life and you know what can you let go of um, I'm, I'm a really big fan of this this is something that I've done a lot of especially since experiencing burnout um, after a failed business and uh, yeah trying to do too much I guess as a mum and so I've really stepped step back and made my own life very very simple um, as you might be able to gather by traveling only with half a backpack <laughs> the other half belongs to my daughter yeah um, so, and, you know, uh, it might not be that you're cramming too much in. Maybe you see everything in your life as being really necessary and you choose to do it. So then you might need to learn strategies, about, uh, you know, around uh, time-efficient, healthy eating or how to do super short bursts of exercise, like you talk about, Lauren, in your snack on exercise movement. Mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, first of all, someone might actually need to address, before they do that, they might need to address their beliefs around what they need to do as part of the exercise regime. So mm -hmm. as you can probably gather, it's a very personalized solution. Uh, but if you can ask yourself honest enough questions, you'll probably uh, arrive at a starting point. Otherwise, you can ask for help from someone like a coach like me to really help you find the, the root cause of where your problems are coming from. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the things that we can all benefit from having an external coach because even though we might have a certain level of knowledge, it's actually that action knowledge gap that sometimes happens, which is just yeah. so common, you know, that we know perhaps what we should or what we want to do, but then actually making it happen and having a, an external coach to ask those questions and help to pinpoint and help you to start taking action with accountability, I think is so key. And yeah, like you say, if you've got someone who's pressed for time and who's maybe got stress going on and not sleeping so well, all of these things might be going on. It might be that coach to say, well, perhaps you start by, yeah, snacking on exercise, get moving and see what that does to your mood and see what it does to helping you sleep. But at the same time, let's look at this. Or let's start by focusing on the sleep and then that's going to help you have more energy to get moving. So I love that it's very personalised and that you're looking really by starting out by asking great questions, yeah, which we can even do for ourselves, but so much more effective with the accountability. So if people are after, you know, what are some action steps? What would You said that you wanted to share three action steps that you'd recommend people take to be mm -hmm. able to boost their health and happiness. What would those be? Uh, okay, so the first action step I would say towards adopting a holistic approach to health is to ask yourself lots of questions uh, related to the things that could be holding you back from making progress with your health and fitness okay and the ultimate goal of that is to identify the lane uh, that is causing the biggest blockage so again mm -hmm. is it uh, exercise is it nutrition is it stress sleep mindset or relationships you might come up with one and then figure out later on that it's that it's something else um, but just start by asking yourself those questions and then 
decide on which lane you think needs the most attention and just write that down, put a big circle around it. So it would be my first action point. Uh, and the other two action points sort of just lead on from there. So once you know what the lane is that's holding you back, just decide on one super tiny, super actionable, uh, sustainable uh, uh, point that you can do to change in that area. So let's take sleep, for example. So if you're not sleep, if you know that you don't sleep well, and maybe you, maybe you knew that, but maybe you didn't know that it's adversely affecting your exercise and nutrition habits. So just decide on one thing that could help you improve your sleep. So an example might be uh, that you decide that you're going to shut down your devices one to two hours before bed which I know is a really big one in today's digital age. Absolutely, yeah. You know, a blue light has been known to disrupt circadian rhythm. Mm -hmm. Um, And another one might be that you decide you're going to go to bed 30 minutes earlier or if that's too much, it could just be 10 minutes earlier uh, than you normally do or just even creating a regular bedtime because, again, those Mm -hmm. erratic bedtimes can have more effect on people's sleep. Uh, or, or perhaps, uh, for example, you decide you're, you're going to spend a minimum of 30 minutes outside every day. Um, and that's because uh, when you get outside in the sunshine, you get exposed to serotonin, which, uh, again, helps regulate your sleep patterns. So you've got to work out, you know, where your, where your problem lane is and then uh, what things are actually problems in that area and what's the biggest problem, like what, Okay, but it's not a big change that you make, it's one change. Absolutely, so. I totally agree with that. And that's, there's so many studies that back that up. Absolutely, Ali, you know, just the, the focus on being able to have one key thing that you just absolutely 100% focus on. My husband's actually reading the book called The One Thing at the mm-hmm. moment, and he's been giving me this download feedback on it and how powerful it is when you even rather than trying to focus on two or three things, which may seem like a good idea, often people try and focus on so many more than that when they try and start some sort of health and fitness kick just by purely focusing on one thing, like like you say, getting to bed earlier, whatever it is, it has such a profound effect. And I think it's because of those neural pathways that we then can actually really embed that habit. And once we've got that habit so down pat that it's just simple, we can then move on. But often we try and rush the process and try and move on too quickly. Yeah. Yeah, and then that would that would be my third point is that then you action it. <laughs> you decide to action it for so that might sound like one um only one point, but really it's three stages you have to yes, go through those stages first. And yeah, and action it for 30 days and then it, over that time, it should become more subconscious. You shouldn't have to think about it. It's like, well, now my bedtime is at 10.30 every night. It just, it just is. I've gotten into a routine of doing it. You don't have to think about it. And over that period of time, if you've, if you've chosen something that is actually, um, you know, just a, a small change, so it's been achievable and it's been in an area, you've chosen the right area that's going to have that um, knock-on effect, you should notice uh, the improvements uh, coming in all the other lanes you know so you're getting better sleep suddenly you feel more motivated to exercise and you yeah you don't rush for those like high sugar foods as much because uh, you're getting the the sleep that your body needs so your hormones are more in balance and things like that and yeah and, and suddenly it's like whoa like such a 
yeah, major changes can come from a tiny little action point. Exactly, absolutely. And I find actually, you know, technology is affecting people's sleep so much these days. But one yeah. way to turn that on its head is if you have a smartphone is to set yourself a go-to-bed alarm. And that's one key thing. I've had a lot of clients, just that one simple thing like, you know, and I used to do it for myself, 10, 15, wind down and go to bed, Lauren. And my little alarm goes off with nice relaxing music and it just reminds me to switch everything else off because it's just so easy to be distracted. And for me, I'm definitely a night owl and so is my husband. And it's incredibly easy to stay up late. But the other thing that I've started doing is waking at the same time, waking extra early. And I now have a morning routine and then a power hour before I get into the day. And not only does it mean I start my day more effectively, it means that I can go to bed knowing I'm actually going to be able to be better at doing whatever it is I was planning on doing. I'm going to be able to get it done more effectively in the morning. So I don't feel like I'm missing out on just getting one more thing in so I found that's yeah. really helpful but often it is it's like you said it's focusing on one little habit change and then just implementing it so I like that ask the right questions and, find and out I what do, your area is make it super tiny put it into practice yeah I mean technology uh, it can be really fantastic that um mm -hmm. yeah all the apps and things that we've got um access to these days and similar to what you said about you're going to bed thing my partner he identify that uh, once he realized how much water I drank, he realized he probably wasn't drinking enough. And so he set uh, this alarm on his phone mm -hmm. saying drink more water. And I'm pretty sure it still goes off, but I don't notice it um, now. But it's been going off for years. <laughs> it's like drink more water, drink more water. Because uh, he's, he's got his drink bottle there, but it's a matter of like picking it up and actually drinking it. And, you know, in the same way, I've, I've, this might sound quite ironic, but I have used technology to help me sleep as well. So I, I fell out of a sleeping habit um, when my daughter was young and she started mm -hmm. demand feeding her um, sort of, yeah, right through the night and things like that. And so my uh, sleeping pattern, suddenly I just, I wasn't. I didn't feel like sleeping anymore. I was totally out of a sleep habit and it was having a very negative knock-on effect to my emotional well-being. Um, but then I used, I found some wonderful uh, like meditation apps and uh, mm -hmm. podcasts, which is called Sleep With Me Podcast, which is basically this really boring guy who um, talks for an hour about absolutely nothing and he uses these like droning lulling tones that just <laughs> put you to sleep so you wow. um, you don't have to learn anything to your about your own thoughts or anything yeah. um but yeah all i do is i make sure you know those are downloaded so my my phone is actually off it's on flight mode uh yes but, you know, i would i would not listen to them with all the like signal wi-fi signals and stuff like that cell phone signals coming through so mm -hmm. it's just learning a couple of couple of things like that and how to make the technology work for you you know making sure you've got your your light completely off your phone and uh, well your blue light switched off mm -hmm. and things like that good mm. that sounds great excellent oh it's so good talking to you Ellie one thing I want to loop back to just before we finish is when I asked you about the cardio or weights I'm imagining that people listening in want to know what it was you're inferring when you said you know weights for the benefit cardio for the enjoyment because I'm thinking people might be going what is cardio not beneficial so can you we've just got another final minute yeah. to do that can you share your thoughts on that or clarify that for people yeah I was I was only saying that well first of all like they're both very important and in my book in the exercise chapter I talk about three types of exercise that you must mm -hmm. do in mm -hmm. some capacity and that's 
um, that's cardio or puffy puffy exercise uh, resistance training which could be body weight exercise or could be weights or something and mind body exercise so that's the relaxing stuff that helps you de-stress and unwind and recover from your other exercise sessions and things like that uh, but then with those quick fire questions the reason that I see cardio for enjoyment is that I I try and encourage people to think outside the gym uh, so, you know, get to know that they don't have to go to a gym. I personally have not been to a gym for years, even though I was a, I mean, I, I might have been like once a year or something if I was in a hotel with a gym or something like that. But um, my favorite things in the world to do, my absolute favorite hobby is hiking. So I would call that more of a cardio activity than a, and you, you know, you do get components of resistance training, especially if you're going up hills and you're carrying packs and things like that. Uh, uh, I also used to be really into running and I still consider myself a runner even though I haven't run for some time um, but I absolutely love the like get out not think about it um, just yeah get a it's like the escapism sort of thing that comes with running and the freedom and all the amazing ideas that I get when I'm running um, so that's why that sort of just jumped in because yeah I enjoy those those sort of activities uh, but then, you know, at the same time, weights are so, so essential um, and doesn't need to mean pumping iron necessarily, but uh, using your body weight as resistance to um, maintain and improve your, your muscle mass and your bone mineral density and all of that, So, yep. uh, which you can get from certain forms of cardio <laughs> as well. But, you know, they're and, all... and this is why we couldn't fit it into the quick fire round, but I just wanted to clarify that because... I know that, you know, we're both very much on the same page in terms of that, the importance of the strength training and the cardio training and the, you know, the movement and restorative, what I call restorative movement. They're mm -hmm. also key, aren't they? And what I believe is that we should actually try and integrate all of those things into our lives in a really fun and uplifting way, in a way that makes us feel good. Because I think often we see stereotypes of the whole no pain, no gain, feel the burn mentality. And it's really heartbreaking because I feel like it's creating this barrier that stops people wanting to get moving or they feel like it's almost a punishment to their bodies. And actually yeah. our bodies are designed to move and it can feel amazing when you find ways to move that you enjoy it's actually really inspiring and motivating so yeah I love that you talk about it as being enjoyment it's great and there's so yeah. many activities that do incorporate at least two of those three or maybe even all three as well so you can mm -hmm. it's not like you have to do three separate sessions you can make it very very right. time effective and yeah I mean enjoyment is totally the number one thing because it's not enjoyable it's not going to become a habit it's not going to be sustainable um, and yeah I do have a little bit of a problem with that no pain no gain um, because you know the, the concept of overload is is important for um, you know growing muscles and getting stronger and fitter uh, but at the same time there's a lot of people in the world today who are very uh, overstressed and overworked and and sometimes uh, those hard form of forms of exercise are not going to be the best choice uh, for them um, and, I, and I know that from going through burnout I mean there's no <laughs> yeah. way that I could do intense forms of exercise when I was burnt out I could I could barely even like I couldn't even go for a jog so it was only a very 
it was extremely gentle for a couple of months there, you know, like just the most gentle yoga poses you could imagine. There was no power yoga. There was nothing. And, yeah, same now being pregnant. I mean, it's not like uh, any intense forms of exercise are going to serve me. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so it needs to be personalised completely. Yes, I love it. Well, it leads in nicely, Ellie. Just if people do want to get some help from you one-on-one, -on -one, and understand we'll have the notes down in the show notes down below with the links so that you can connect through and connect with Ellie. She offers an online holistic health and fitness coaching service. And I believe that people can just connect in with you if they wanted to have a short chat. They can do that complimentary. Do you want to just tell us about that briefly? Uh, yeah, I'm totally happy uh, to have a chat with you about about things that might be holding you back and help you with a few personalised um, action points to, to get you going if you've, if you've found this interview to be of interest. So, yeah, I'm sure Lauren will leave a link to my calendar. Um, so, yeah, don't, don't be shy. Please do book in. Um, there's a space when you book in just to write a couple of notes. So you, if you just mention that uh, you saw me on Lauren's interview, then that would be great and I'll know that, yeah, I'll know what I've talked about on here and so I'll know where to to start with you. Great, excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Ali, and thank you to everyone watching for joining us for another episode of Thrive TV, helping you boost your health, energy, and productivity. Hope that those tips and what we've discussed today will help you to boost your health and happiness. Go out, be well, and we'll see you soon. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Thrive TV Show with Lauren Parsons. Visit ThriveTVShow.com to access the show notes and discover our fantastic bonus content. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next inspiring episode.